Welcome, welcome. My name is Thomas Giella, and this is podcast two for the Business Bowl. Uh, today's day is January 7th, 2019, and the title of today's podcast is, uh, you know, business plans. What do you need more than money? And honestly, it's a business plan. Uh, to kind of get into this, I want to give a little backstory of how I've uh, got into what I'm going to be talking about. And essentially, in 2015, 2016, I, uh, I was part of an experiment by a group in Pasco County, uh, Florida. No, there wasn't an experiment for alien abductions or, or drug testing or anything like that. It was an experiment for an incubator program. And it was by the Pasco Economic Development Council, PEDC for short. Uh, across the country, a lot of counties have these types of uh, councils where they are both privately funded from local companies and they are also uh, funded by grants, uh, either at the uh, city, county, or, or state level. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't know many that are, are federally funded unless they want to you know, a very large grant. And essentially, uh, PEDC, Pasco Economic Development Council, their entire purpose was to bring jobs back to Pasco and to enrich uh, the citizens of Pasco County to build businesses. The idea was if they were to uh, teach uh, a lot of people um, this, the business skills, without them having to go to college, then they would be able to build these businesses and, you know, hire other people. Uh, it's no, it's no lie and it's no joke that this country was built upon small and uh, small businesses. And um, to be completely honest, it still is. Uh, a plumbing company, electrical company, um, car repair, uh, all those are small businesses, even uh, localized banks. Uh, those are more or less medium-sized businesses, but you know we're not going to get into that. But essentially, uh, I was part of this experiment uh, incubator program called Smart Star Incubators in Pasco County, Florida. And uh, you know I, I wasn't wasn't I wasn't happy where I was working previously, but I knew I could do better. Um, I wasn't. Uh, going up fast enough in the ranks that I thought I should be. And so I figured uh, I, I would build my own business again. I had gained a ton of knowledge about SEO and uh, Google Analytics, um, website design, marketing in general, sales and service related, you know, bringing companies from the 20th to the 21st century, you know, the digital age. And I figured I can, I can do this for other companies. Uh, thankfully, my wife uh, had a great job, and I was actually able to work for, I meant do this incubator for about six months to a year until I finally decided, until we finally decided it was time for me to go full time. Uh, but anyways, let's get back to, <laughs> let's get back to the, uh, the podcast. Um, essentially, they had this awesome incubator, uh, really cheap uh, rent. Uh, every six months, the rent increased. Uh, it was, it, I could not have started my business without it. Let's put it that way. Um, it's really hard to do a website design business or any marketing business without having a physical address. That's not your house. Uh, you know, it's great to have to go to Panera or McDonald's or any number of places, but a lot of people want a physical location. And that's what that was able to do. Uh, they actually do still have this incubator program uh, in Paso County. They, I believe, are in Dade City, New Port Ritchie. Uh, I'm not quite sure if they have Atlanta Lakes uh, branch yet or not, but it's an awesome thing. If you're if you're local to Paso County, Florida, you should definitely check them out. But uh, during my time at this incubator, I came across this new class, and the person in charge of the Smart Start Incubator at the time was Krista Covey. Uh, awesome woman had a, a, a fantastic uh, business uh, experience. Uh, can't thank her enough. Uh, she was the one that asked the hard questions. 
Um, I remember uh, at least once, I believe it was once a month or once a, once a quarter, I had to physically go into her office and, and give her my new business plan. And it was hard because she would ask, how are you, you know, if you had employees, how would you pay them this month since you didn't make any money? And I had no idea. Uh, my past business was LED lighting. I didn't have very many employees. Everyone was a contractor. So if we didn't make money that weekend or whatever, we just didn't make money. Some weekends we made a ton. Um, and the other businesses that I worked for, it was already a uh, company that was in place that had been around for quite a while. And all I did was bring it from where it was to where it needed to be. And that's a lot easier than starting from scratch. And... I remember she kept saying she she needed a way to, to come across with business plans better. And she came across this program. And this program is called Co-Starters. And I tell you what, it, it's it's amazing. I was the first one in Pasco County, one of, uh, I believe it was 14 in, my, in that class, that took this experimental Co-Starters program that uh, had, you know, been rolled out across the, the nation from what I gather now. And it was awesome. They gave you this green binder. Uh, it had chapters in it. And I, every, it was, a, it was, I believe it was a nine-week course. And every single week, we went over a different subject. And I remember going into this and thinking, this isn't going to help me. I'm just going to go, I'm going to, I am literally going to go to this to try to pick up 13 new clients. I am not kidding. I literally went to this to try to pick up clients because that's what I did. I was branding and I was marketing and I was everywhere where new businesses needed to be because I was the guy that was going to do their branding and I was the guy that was going to be doing their websites and I was the guy that's going to be doing their emails. <laughs> it didn't work out that way. I, I made a lot of friends. Uh, I still talk to a, a ton of them, even to this date. Krista has moved on, um, you know, to, to, to bigger and better things. Uh, still incubators and investment opportunities. She's awesome. Love to have her on this podcast program one day. That, oh my gosh, the amount of knowledge that woman has is, is just is an, uh, astronomical. But this co-starters made me think of a few things. And it made me, it, was, it enabled me to, to bring what I already knew into physical words. And let's just face it, sometimes you know what you know, you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes you just don't know what you can't put into words. Like, you, you know how to do it, you just, you just know. You can't, you can't physically, you know, get off your tongue. Uh, it happens to me all the time, it's really annoying. People look at me really weird during meetings, and it's just, it's awkward. Um, but essentially, business plans. So, one of the first things they taught uh, that you need with the business plan is uh you know uh the very first thing is do you have a product that someone wants do you have a ser service that someone needs or do you have a nifty or cool service and or product that is so cool and so nifty that people just have to spend money on it and honestly business is one of those three things it really is so you come out with a cool new coconut drink whatever you know that's great you came out with another coconut one. I can go to Publix right now, look on the shelf, and there's about five or ten on the shelf. Why are you different? And I remember people come, coming to me all the time because I was doing marketing. And, they, oh, I'm different because we use this type of coconut. And I said, okay, why is it different? Oh, because it's, 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 it's a different type of coconut. I'm like, why? Oh, because you, you we use it from a different you know source and there's no... Uh, uh, Carbohydrate. I'm. I'm. I don't remember the exact stuff, but um, they would constantly just. They wouldn't have a, an answer. And I would literally ask them, "Why are you coming to me for a website if you don't even have your business model down?" And they would just look at me, deer in the headlights. And if you don't know what that means, imagine looking at somebody, and their eyelids and their eyes are just full. And it looks like a skeleton, you know, one of those funny cartoon skeletons with eyes popping out. And it was like, wow, no one's ever asked me that.
Now, most companies would have just took their money. Yeah, we're going to get you on page one for your coconut stuff. We're going to, you know, we're going to give you a great brand. And, you know, I, I you just have to pay us up front. <laughs> Key word there, up front uh, and full. Because they know once you run out of money of whatever money you have saved to do this venture, you're not going to have any more. And I'm not kidding about that. It, it happens to this day with some marketers and it really annoys the crap out of me. Um, they should be ashamed of themselves, but in the same respect, they are doing it for their livelihood. And some people just don't want to tell others that they have a bad idea. Uh, they're there to make money. Um, so this co-starters and I'll, I'll put a link, uh, in here, uh, to not only, you know, smart start, uh, Pasco where, the incubator and the you know co-starter stuff is but I'll also put a link to the national co-starters uh website which is really cool uh but the very first thing that they talk about is customer and it plainly states who do you serve it's a great question and most people are going to say oh well, i serve you know females or i serve males or and, and you gotta you gotta respect the question and it's not just asking it's asking what age group do they have a religion associated with it? Um, for instance, if you're selling a Christian fish for religious purposes, you're not going to market Jews. Um, if you are selling a Rolex, you're not going to market your product in a um, low-income neighborhood. Or you may. Depends. <laughs> Um, you may, uh, if, if you're, if you're marketing a, um, uh, some new rollers, not roller skates, uh, say a new scooter, you know, uh, yeah, you're going to be marketing to the kids because the kids are going to want it. Um, but you're also going to market it to the, uh, to the parents and why their kids need this. And when the kids come to them and say, Hey, I need this. They have to be somewhat aware of what the product even is. So there's multiple people that need to be uh, aware, not only of the product or service, but you have to make sure you get the uh, the the race, the age, the gender, uh, if there's a religion involved. Um, sometimes your your thing is going after certain types of businesses. Um, you know, we have a brand called Easy Tradesman, one flat rate. They can have us design them a website. It's a t uh, 24-month uh, contract, uh, just three months up front. And we own that brand only caters to electricians, roofers, uh, plumbers, handymen. Uh, that's it. If a doctor asks me, hey, I want, I want you to build me a, a website on it. No, it's not for you. Um, it is strictly for tradesmen because we know that they're going to be using the... the uh, our services for a specific amount of time. We know the estimate amount of emails that they're going to be using, and all of our pricing is based upon that. Um, and there's also for small small businesses. Uh, we couldn't sell that to a uh, you know a national plumber company. Um, that there's no way. It's just it's not. You know we have our uh, a niche for that, and and that's what it has to be. Uh, so then you have your, okay, so you have your customer, who do you serve? And then you go on to the problem. Now, what is the problem that your customer has? And let's face it, it's, it's always a problem. Um, I have a problem because my faucet isn't shiny enough, or I have a problem because I don't like the chrome. I now want a nickel, uh, plated faucet. Or for a vehicle, you know, my problem is I now want Bluetooth. And in, let's face it, these are a lot of this stuff is uh, first world problems, <laughs> uh, but it is still a problem. And you have to recognize that in the, in the business sense that you have to find out why the person needs this, why the person wants that, because they are your client. If you just expect to come up with an idea and say, here you go, and you just expect people to, you know, 
come to your door and start purchasing or go into your website, you're going to you're going to fail every single time unless you're Facebook. <laughs> but even then, he you know, he came out with something cool. He just put it out there. He didn't put a ton of money into it. Um, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg uh, kind of knew what he was doing in a sense. He had a lot of cool people give him really good advice. Um, one of those people were, uh, you know, the guy that created Napster. And he had business sense. He knew what to do and what not to do in many respects. Um, if you've never seen uh, the movie about Facebook, you really need to watch it. It's really, it's not totally true, but it's it's just a really cool movie about business. So, the, okay, so we have customer, then we have to have find the problem. Uh, then you go into alternatives. How is your customer currently solving the problem? What are the alternatives, solutions to the problem? What's the competition? This is huge. And this is where the coconut thing comes into play. And, you know, instead of doing a coconut thing, how about I just start talking about... Uh, what's a good thing? Uh, I was, I was, you know, roofing shingles come to play, but I don't want to do that. How about a um, tape measure? Okay. Let's talk about a tape measure. So I have a great idea for a tape measure. It is green. Yeah, tape measure. I, I, I just want to start importing tape measures and start selling them. Why? Who's my customer? Okay, well, obviously somebody has to, uh, it's, it's going to be everyone that needs to measure something. Um, now, what sets it apart is where the competition is. I can go on Amazon right now and purchase tape measure. I can go to Walmart tonight or, or you know, tomorrow morning and purchase a tape measure. I can go to Big Lots and purchase a tape measure. Um, I can go to Home Depot, Lowe's, I mean, all these different places and purchase a tape. Why would they purchase mine? So if I created a website just for a tape measure, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot. So, you know, what are the alternative solutions to the problem? And the, the problem is there are hundreds, if not tens of thousands of tape measures on the market already. Now, they're not all created equal. They all have different ball, uh, ball bearings. Um, I don't know if you've ever really noticed the difference between um, tape measures uh, because we do IT and, and TV mountings and whatnot. I, I definitely know the difference. You know, the, the little bitty cheap ones, um, you can't properly uh, pull out the, uh, well, let's face it, the tape measure without it buckling or the measurement is actually off. That ha that's happened before where I just had a tape measure that was wrong because there's no true industrial standard. You're just, you're assuming that it's correct. Or maybe I had a 25 foot tape measure and I let 20 feet out. I'm expecting the all 25 to go back in, but whenever I let, uh, you know, want it to go back in, uh, you know, three inches stick out. A more expensive one, and that's okay. So the cheap ones are probably like two, two to five bucks. More expensive ones are anywhere between 15 and all, I've seen them for 60. And some of them may have an auto uh, thing where you pull it out and it just stays there until you hit a button and then it retracts in. Or it's proven that you can on a 30 on a 30 foot tape measure you can you know uh, uh, pull out 15 feet and it's still going to be straight without buckling. That's huge, especially if you're a contractor. Um, if you use a cheap piece of equipment and it takes you twice as long to do a job, you're going to start investing in that better tape measure. So why would somebody use my tape measure or a, a new tape measure? Well, what if it could technically connect to your cell phone? You know, what if there's an app? Somehow there's an app. I'm not saying there is. Just what if there was? Or maybe it had a built-in laser light. Or maybe it did physical tape measuring and it also did a digital. There's a lot of times where I, I wish I had a tape measure that was both. I still haven't found one yet. Uh, if anyone knows of one, comment and, and let me know. That'd be cool. Has to be priced right, though, you know, because tape measures get lost all the time. And it would be cool to have an LCD on the side and just... You know, if something is 100 feet away, just be able to, boop, yeah, it's 98.5-ish. Okay, that's fine. 
is better than me rolling out 25 feet four times. That gets annoying. It's not very professional. Uh, it's better than having to take a, uh, you know, a, a wheel roller. I forget what those are called uh, to do the job. Um, but you have to find your alternatives. You have to find uh, the competition. Um, and honestly, how is your customers currently solving the problem? So if they are currently able to measure, but you might have found a better way to measure something, then that's awesome. The next piece is solution. You know, what do you offer your customer? What does your customer get? Um, and this, and the solution is I would get a tape measure that can not only manually measure, but it can also give me a digital format for longer distances. That would be huge. Um, now in the same respect, it also, the solution also gives me the benefit and benefit. We're going to lead into benefit here. Why does your customer want your product or service? How do you solve the problem? And the benefit to me will be a cost benefit. Oh my gosh. If I can do something quicker. So if, if it's a nominal, uh, expense to buy the, to buy the product or to buy the, the tool, um, or even not nominal, say it's expensive. It's just, it's crazy expensive, but I can do a job way quicker. I now have an ROI, a return on investment. If I buy this product for say, say a tape measure was 200 bucks. If I bought that tape measure for 200 bucks and now is now able to increase my efficiency by say 10%, which I, you know, just throwing that out there, maybe it's five. Then after so much time, it's going to, uh, I'm going to reach my um, return on investment for how much time I have now saved in labor cost to now have paid for that tape measure. And then the thing after that point is to me extra profit. Whereas I wouldn't have had that beforehand if I did not have this product for me to be as efficient as I was. Uh, some other type of benefits are uh, not only, you know, ROI, it could be morale. So if you purchase something for, for somebody, uh, it could be a morale booster. Uh, it could be a gift. Uh, there's all different types of, of diff, uh, different types of solutions and benefits. Um, and then the next thing is advantage. You know, what gives you the uh, edge over the alternatives? What are the uh, best person to do this? Why are you the best person to do this? You could be a doctor and have come up with a state measure. It doesn't matter who you are. If you have come up with a product or service that somebody needs or wants, and you are able to get it out to the populace, you're awesome. Now, I will say this, getting it out to the populace is the problem. Like I said beforehand, uh, during the middle of this podcast, I couldn't just make a website for this tape measure. <laughs> I'd be going against Amazon. I'd be going against, uh, I was going to say Facebook, going against Home Depot, going against Lowe's, uh, Big Lot, uh, you know, all these different stores. So how am I going to get this in front of my customer? That's distribution, and we'll talk about that uh, in, in a little bit. But what gives you the edge over the alternatives? What are the best, who is the best person to do this? Um, uh, the advantage could be a price advantage. It could be that yours is, your product is cheaper than someone else's. Uh, the advantage could also be an ROI advantage, to me at least. Uh, the next thing is the message. You know, what is your story? How does your customer hear it? So in the, in the last five, six, uh, actually, I'll, I'll take that back. In the last 10 years, a lot of products have come to play due to guerrilla marketing. If you don't know what guerrilla marketing is, you need to Google it. It's awesome. It's very time intensive. It's really cheap. Um, but basically, it's, uh, it's where you get your story out of, I had an issue. And you could, let's just say I'm a doctor. Okay. Well, actually, let's take that back. Let's say I'm an IT professional, which I am. And I come up with the idea of this tape measure. And I make a video. I post it up on YouTube. And I say, I created this tape measure because I needed these two solutions in one. 
I fought tooth and nail over the last you know, couple of months, couple of years, whatever time it took to create, design, and manufacture the product. I now have this product in my hand, and I want everyone else to enjoy it as much as I have. By the way, it saves me money. I'm hoping it will do the same thing for you. They can that can be shared through you know Facebook, social media. If you want to do some TV spots, I mean it can get crazy. That's that's where marketing the message comes out. You have to get the word out there. If somebody just you know walks into Home Depot, oftentimes and they just look at the why would why would somebody that already has a tape measure go to the tool section to look at other tape measures? If I'm there to, to purchase a drill bit, or I'm in there to purchase a, a new drill, or if I'm in there to purchase hardware, why would I go to the tape measuring section? And that's a big section. If you haven't been to Home Depot or Lowe's, you should really look at how many T-squares and uh, rulers. And I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta get in front of them. So maybe it's uh, working a deal with the retailer. So that you can put um, uh, information about your product in their weekly flyer, or maybe on their website, or maybe on the end caps. End caps are huge for new products, but you have to get it in front of the client. You can't just expect for them to always just go to uh, different parts of the uh, tools aisle and just look at every single tool that came out. I know that's a nomen. I know women and guys uh, you know guys no one just goes to the tool section and looks at every single tool it just doesn't happen i wish it did it doesn't sad um you have to get it in front of them they have to know about it maybe doing a, a an advertising marketing campaign on facebook maybe doing one on adwords um towards construction workers or towards the diy person um you know, there's always that uh, that dad or, or mom or grandpa or grandma or somebody that sees this really cool tool. And they're like, I have to have that because it's, it's just cool. Or I have to have that because I'm tired of wasting time doing it this other way. There's so many different types of messages you can get, you can get across. But the, uh, the next thing is distribution. How does your product or service get to your customer? You know, how, how does it get there? People forget about this. How? Let's think about this. Distribution. I have a tape measure. How am I, how am I going to get it out there? I'm going to make a website and just start selling it. I'm just going to list it on Amazon and hope people find it. Um, a lot of times you have to get with some big box stores or some really big companies and either one, sell your patent to that company or not sell it uh, maybe um, do a, a patent deal where they give you so, uh, so much money per uh, per unit sold that happens quite often um, why should you have to go reinvent the wheel of going through mass production going through I mean you came up with the one or you came up with the two or however you made you know, your small production line, but why should you have to go through the process of having to do all of them? Um, oftentimes, these bigger companies, they will license the patent um, from others to put into their products. Um, these companies do have technological uh, um, labs that they do things through, but, you know, oftentimes... Um, it has to do, um, sorry, I have to plug in real quick. Oftentimes, they will license out these products from others. It's just, it's really cool. Uh, if you've ever seen Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful, that's his main thing. I want to license your product. I want to license it to others. I want to just purchase your product and license it to everyone. Why do I have to go through all this? Why do I have to put up the capital for you to manufacture your product when we can just sell it to somebody else that already has everything in place? And honestly, that that oftentimes does work. If you're not one of those and you uh, legitimately have a distribution plan and whatnot, um, then you have to figure out who uh, who's going to make it, 
How's it going to get from point A to point B? Then you have to figure out logistics. Um, who's going to be the end client to uh, actually sell or end person to actually sell your product? How am I going to get it onto store shelves? Or how am I going to get it onto other people's websites? Or just an online marketing campaign to sell the, the product in general? Uh, people always forget about that. And then the other piece uh, is revenue. You know, how do you make money from your customer? And people forget about this all the time. Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how many times I've had a client come to me. They had an amazing idea. They got a patent sometimes. Sometimes I, I told them that before they did anything else, they had to get a patent. Because I didn't want them being you know, taken advantage of. But say they did get a patent. Uh, say Okay, say the tape measure. Say the tape measure costs me... $2.50 to make. Now that's probably really on the high side, especially with China's rates or India or wherever the heck you, you know, get this thing manufactured. Um, but say it's $2.50. Well, then you have to, so deep down you're thinking if I just double my money, say five bucks, say six bucks, I'm doing good. But that's where you're wrong. You're not thinking like a business person. And I'll be honest, you're not. And this happens all the time. That 250, and we're just—I'm just going to write this down while I'm doing this, so I can keep track of everything. Say the 250 for the initial product, okay? But then you need to get it shipped over here. Well, you—you you do a cargo container and and whatnot. Uh, the cargo container itself sometimes is just priced off of the physical dimension. Sometimes it's dimensional weight. Uh, but just say you can get it over here, and each product will cost you uh, 25 cents. Okay, so each product is going to cost you 25 cents for shipping. No problem. Well, great, you got it over here. Now I need a place to store it. Uh, say you have a warehouse, and if you're a person that does products, you're going to need a pretty large warehouse. Uh, Five to ten thousand square feet is is the norm. Um, around here. Uh, square uh, the square footage is uh, roughly between seven dollars a square foot um, and some really uh, industrial areas uh, per per year per I'm sorry per square foot per year uh, all the way up to to 14 so let's go in the middle say it's it's uh, 10 you know ten dollars a square foot per year so ten dollars a square foot times say ten thousand or say five thousand okay you're just starting off, so you don't need much. Say five thousand. It's fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars per year. Just for your, uh, just for your your warehouse. So let's just put that to the side for right now, okay? So fifty thousand dollars for your warehouse space. All right. So to do that, you're gonna now need equipment. Um, you're going to need forklifts, you're going to have to need people, you're going to have to have a uh, legal, you're going to have to hire legal to actually uh, figure out what disclaimers you need on your product in case someone chokes or accidentally scratches themselves. Yes, it does happen. And yes, you can be sued. And if you don't go through all that process, you're an idiot. I know a lot of people that have not and to this day have not. And it's a ticking time bomb. Because if you do not get a legal, uh, if you do not hire a lawyer to go through your product uh, to make sure, one, you, all the patents are filed correctly, uh, you're not infringing upon anyone's patents, you're not infringing upon anyone's copyrights, and your, your, um, your conditions and terms and, and conditions are, are good, um, you're putting yourself, you're putting employees, you're putting your investors, and if you have a family, you're putting your family in, in jeopardy, and that's not cool. Um, anyone that does that is a, uh, it's just, I, I don't like them. And they're, they're out there all the time. Meet them every day or every month, whatever it is. All right. So say the, the norm, uh, most lawyers will charge between 250 and, and 350 an hour. Say they spend a week or, you know, a couple days on your thing. Let's just say they, they give you a $3,000 bill, which is pretty cheap for a lawyer. Okay. Now let's go back to um, uh, employees. So you're going to have to have 
uh, one or two people. Uh, minimum wage, depending on where you're at, I believe it's like 825 or something. I have to look it up every single time uh, to make sure we're paying above minimum wage because uh, that's just, you know, that's minimum wage. We're not going to get highly skilled people if we pay a minimum wage, and you can't either. So say minimum wage is 825 in order to get someone that's not going to call in sick all the time um, and is, is actually going to uh, love what they do and actually have respect for for the company and the product, um, honestly, at minimum 15 bucks an hour. So let's just say 15. Uh, most of the time for um, warehouses, uh, I know I believe Walmart, uh, their pay is between 15 and like 30. So just keep that in mind. But, you know, just for sake, I'm just going to say 15 per hour for a warehouse employee, and you're going to need uh, two of those. Okay, so if they work full time, that's 15 times 40 times 52 times 2. Oh, and that's 62,400. Don't forget your taxes. So times it by 0 0.08 because you're going to have to match their uh, their goodies. And I just goofed. 62,400 times 1.08. 67,392. Okay. That's just their wages. That's not even yours. So let's just times it by, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just uh, divide. I'll just do this. Divide by 2 times 3. Let's just give yourself a, that same wage. So for all three of you, it's 101088. And yes, you can do, you know, there's all different types of ways that you can get paid. This, I'm just trying to do this to make it easier for you. So again, we have $2.50 for the product to be manufactured, 25 cents per product, technically for it to be shipped over here, and it could be cheaper than that. Um, that I'm just gonna say the product and shipping and everything, that all includes packaging, um, but you have marketing. Uh, say marketing is 50,000 a year, which is really cheap for product. Um, some companies spend millions, a lot of, a lot of companies spend multi-millions of dollars on products, but just say $50,000 for taking people out to, to dinner or for, you know, we'll just do this for trade shows um, and, you know, marketing material, which is pretty cheap. And that's for one year. And to be honest, let's bump that to 100 because Trade shows are super expensive. The normal type of trade show is uh, anywhere from 1,500 bucks all the way up to you know $20,000, depending on the square footage, depending on the city that's, that it's in, depending on the three or four little acronym of the you know the actual trade show organization that's actually putting it on. Um, do you need electric? Do you need internet? All this stuff, and we'll talk about that later on in a different podcast. Um, so for right now, just you know, I'm just going to give you an idea of what we're at just currently. We're at 50000 for a warehouse, 3000 for a lawyer, 101088 for a warehouse, and then $100,000 for trade show market materials. That's $254,000 per year. Now, that does not include electric. That does not include any type of insurance. Um, it doesn't include any of that. I, there's no way I can even estimate. Uh, if someone knows a formula, please let me know. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but I, I don't have one offhand. Uh, so we're just going to do that for as a total right now. Um, say you're planning on selling, you know, 10 of these a day. Just, just say. So say, or 100 of these a day. So 356 days in a year. So 100 times 356, 35,600. In order, okay, so then we do 35,600. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did that right. So 35,600 is the total number that we're going to sell. So 35,600 times. Uh, 2.75. So the cost for your product is going to be $97,900. So we're just going to add that to 
cost of the year. So that'd be 254.088. So we're at a cost round of 351,988. You see where we're going with this? All right, so 100 times 356, 35,600 units. If we divide 351,988 by 3,500, our break even is $9.88. That's break even. And that doesn't even include everything, not even close. So a product that could cost $2.75 for, you know, your, your goal is selling 100 of these a day, which honestly, you could probably sell more of these just, you know, because it's a tape measure and it would be a national thing and a worldwide thing. But just saying your break even is $9.88. That is crazy. So um, your break even is $9.88. But now your retailer, say you go through like Home Depot or something like that. I'm not quite sure what their, you know, margins are, but I'm, I'm sure it's pretty high. I'm just going to say they're going to double it. You know, because why not? They're Home Depot and they are really expensive. So 988 times 1 point uh, times 2, $19.76. Now, $9.88 is, was only the, the, the cost, the, the break even. Uh, I, for, I did forget to add a margin, so 988. Say you are trying to double your money. You know, why not? So that's $19.76 uh, to the uh, distributor, but they need to make money. So they're gonna double it as well. So now you're at $39.52 to the end person, to the end client. You started off with a product that was $2.75. Now, again, all these margins are, are, are fictional. Um, some products you only make 10% on. Uh, groceries, I, some products are 1% or less. It's just the way it is. Uh, some uh, you know, IT products, they make over 100%. It's, it's just the industry, the product, and or the service. Um, but that's how it can get up there really quickly. Um, now, uh, that's just going over revenue again. So say you were to sell, um, you know, 1976 times uh, 35,600. Helped if I use my calculator. Seven hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollars. Not not bad, not bad thing, you know. Your your profits three hundred thousand dollars, three hundred fifty one thousand dollars. But again, you started off with a product that was two dollars and seventy five cents. By the time it got over here, that's you can't just think, oh, I'm gonna sell this product for you know five six dollars. There's a lot of different pieces that are going to the puzzle. Um, now, the other pieces that people always forget are the startup needs. You know, what are your one-time needs to get started? Money, people, things, the technology, activities. If it's something like a product, you, you're probably gonna need molds. And unfortunately, through the design process, you are gonna need multiple molds. And molds can cost anywhere from a couple thousand dollars to a few thousand dollars, or multiple thousands of dollars. Um, uh, I, I know a lot of people that have actually attempted to do molds, uh, have them made overseas, and then the end distributor overseas, that, or manufacturer that's overseas, refuses to give the molds to the said client. And unfortunately, if you didn't do proper paperwork and contracts, you have no right to that. Um, just because it is the way it is here in the United States, once you cross uh, international waters or, or, you know, going from one country to another, uh, it's a whole new ball game. It really is. Sometimes even going to state to state, it's a whole new ball game, but going from country to country, uh, is definitely a whole new ball game. 
um, you know, what are some things you need to get started? Uh, capital. You could have sunk a lot of money into just the development cost of the product of the tape measure. Um, you could have sunk a lot of money into the marketing or trade shows. Never got anywhere until you hit that one, you know, that one big order. But then you're going to need money to actually do the order because manufacturers do not take IOUs. You have to pay for it up front. That's right. If you ever want to manufacture something, you have to physically have the money with binge, with you know the president's faces on them. Of course, they're not going to take a you know cash, but you know they're they're going to do check or something, uh, wire transfer. I doubt they're going to do credit card for you get your points. So don't even think about that for those of you that are think oh I got American Express I can just get no. Usually it's wire transfer. They have to wait until the money passes uh, until it clears and then they schedule your product to be produced and then once it's produced then it goes through a um, uh, a quality check and whatever you approved is what's going to come out if at the very end you decide oh my gosh something's misspelled or oh my gosh this one thing isn't just perfect if you approved it there's nothing you can do so please be very diligent Make sure everything's right with the sample pieces before you do a mass mass order. Um, uh, you know, costs, what ongoing needs are essential to keep you going. Money, people, things, technology, activities. Um, you might not need a storefront if you're selling a product. You might just need uh, inventory. You're going to need some type of staff um, to create sales invoices. Uh, you're going to need an accountant. You're going to need an IT. Um, a, a lot of times what we're finding is that a lot of these companies or a lot of companies in general will, oh, I'm just going to go to Best Buy and purchase QuickBooks. Install it on my computer and I'm good to go. They watch a YouTube video for how to set up QuickBooks. And then at the end of the year, when they find an accountant, who is the cheapest, they give it to them. That uh, said accountant will then just do whatever they have and they think they're good to go. Many years later, or sometimes the following year, or if they get a letter from said IRS, hey, your numbers don't match, or hey, your numbers don't look right, or hey, you didn't file correctly. Whoever is the cheapest isn't always the best, and that really comes into play whenever um, whenever you uh, get into these situations. Um, I, I know a, a, my tax guy, uh, great, great fella. He gives me stories every single week that I see him. And usually it starts off with, I had a client. Their previous person either didn't know what they were doing or missed something. And we either saved their booty or saved them money. Again, save their booty or save their money. When I say save their booty, I mean gel time. I mean, maybe they came up where the person owed $20,000, but instead of having to fork that over immediately, maybe they were able to get them into like a payment plan or something so they could still continue with their with what they do best. When you're dealing with certain professions, you need to hire somebody that has um, that's very professional, that has really good reviews, but also somebody that's very knowledgeable. Uh, oftentimes, you might pay twice as much as everyone else for this said person or company, but it's worth it in the long run. Uh, I know with us in IT, we go into some places they have 20, 30 people in, a, in an office and, and they're complaining about Wi-Fi. We go to look at their network closet and it's either the stock ISP or internet service providers router, uh, modem router, or it's some Netgear uh, piece that was purchased at Best Buy for 40 bucks. I smack my hand on my head thinking, what the heck is going on here? I sit the client down and give them the horrible news that what they thought was going to be a one-time service call 
is actually a uh, an infrastructure redo. Now, it doesn't always happen that way, point blank. It does not always happen that way. But whenever you um, whenever you hire third parties, you need to be sure that they, they know what they're doing um, and that they are in it for you and not just for their bottom dollar. Uh, a lot of people do that. And that's, you know, the cost piece, you know. Uh, what are you going to need going forward? You're going to need an IT person. You're going to need an accountant or a bookkeeper. You're going to need that lawyer. You're going to need leasing equipment uh, for like a, a forklift or whatever for your warehouse. Um, you're going to need a place to stay, um, website, so on and so forth. Um, so again, you know, this was, a, like I said, this was a really cool co-starters thing over nine weeks, I believe it was. Um, started off with customer you know, who do you serve? Then the problem was the problem that your customers that your customers having. Uh, what are the alternatives currently in, in the industry that you're trying to put your product or service in? Uh, what solution can you provide them? Uh, what benefit can you uh, tell them about your product and or service? What are the advantages? Um, heartfelt emotion message and or just a message you want to get across um, to them. Uh, how are you going to distribute the product and or service? What type of revenue are you going to be uh, making? Because you're, you're, you have a business. You're in it to make money. Um, if you are not in it to make money, you have what's called a non-profit business. If it is a for-profit, your entire goal is to make money. Just saying. But you don't have to you know, screw people over. I'm just going to say that too. Startup needs. Uh, what all your one-time needs to get started? Uh, costs associated with that. Money, people, things, technology, activities. And then costs. What's, uh, what are the essential things going on? People, money, things, technology, and activities again. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get some of these awesome people I spoke about today on the show. Uh, I would love for them to talk more in depth about what they do and how they help their clients because it will help you. Um, if you don't have one of these people, uh, drop me a line. Um, and maybe I, if you're local, I can, I can, you know, put them in touch with you. Uh, you know, every, every state is, is different. Um, so a lot of times they can't go across, uh, county boundaries, uh, definitely not across state boundaries. Uh, but if you look up your local chamber of commerce, if you look up your local, uh, economic council, uh, if you have one, uh, they are awesome and I can't say enough about them. Uh, my name is Thomas Chiella and this is the business bull, uh, episode two.